0: A
1: listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. Join us each week as we break down one issue in global politics so that you can understand what's going on in the world right now and what's likely to happen in the future. Our host, Dr Keith Souter, is one of Australia's leading commentators on global affairs and geopolitics. My name is Sasha Tannik. I'm a journalist. And, Keith, today we're looking at whether the US needs more strategic empathy in its approach to Russia.
0: That's right. So I've come across this expression. I think it's the first time I've, I've seen it together as strategic and empathy. So empathy means seeing the other person's point of view. So it's different from sympathy, where you feel sorry for someone, or antipathy, which is whereby you show hatred. So empathy is the ability to get into the other person's pair of shoes. And I first came across the notion of empathy in uh, international politics with Robert McNamara. So Robert McNamara was the architect one of the architects of the American failure in Vietnam, and was haunted for the rest of his life about what went wrong in Vietnam? Because after all, he was supposed to be one of the best and the brightest, but he certainly made a mess of Vietnam. In fact, when I got to meet him, he looked like a resident from an aged care centre, a frail old man. So he was haunted for a, because he lived for quite a while, haunted by the failure in Vietnam. And one of his last books spoke about the problem. Americans, is that they lack empathy. In other words, that they can't put themselves in the minds of, for example, Vietnamese who are fighting for their own national survival. And he said that that was probably the big mistake which they made in Vietnam, that somehow they assumed by going into Vietnam, suddenly everybody was on, would be on the American side, because after all, everybody loves America, right? Uh, well, he got that wrong, and he admitted that, and he said, look, the problem for we Americans is that we've just got to try to use more empathy in foreign affairs. Ironically, at the time that I um, ran across him, um we'd had a war in Iraq, and of course later on, we was to get uh, much later on, the invasion of um, Iraq by the United States, uk and uh, and Australia. And again, I was when the invasion was taking place in two thousand and three, I was thinking, again, of Robert McNamara's expression because the Americans assumed that if they rolled into Iraq, they'd be welcomed as liberators, everybody would want to buy McDonald's hamburgers, and that would be the end of the struggle. Whereas, in fact, a decade on, two decades on, it's it's a, it's a, it's a real mess there in one way or another. So there's a problem in Afghanistan and a problem in Iraq. Now, this is an article by the Quincy Institute, which is... Um, think tank in Washington, D.C., and they're addressing uh, the the crisis we've got this week, which is the United States and Russia over Ukraine. And they actually are using this expression, which is the first time I've seen it, called strategic empathy. In other words, um, trying to understand more about what's motivating the Russians. And so he's saying the problem for the Americans is that they've gone into this conflict over Ukraine and really misunderstood what is really motivating the uh, the Russian policy here. And so the Americans were unwilling to put themselves in the shoes of the Russians and to try to look at the world from a Russian point of view.
1: So before we explore this idea of strategic empathy further, it does seem hopes of diplomacy have been fading between the US and Russia this week. Moscow has threatened necessary retaliatory measures. The US has now responded in writing to Moscow's demands and says it is open to dialogue. So they're saying the right things, but it doesn't appear that they are putting themselves in... Russia's shoes. <laughs> well, no,
0: you're quite right. They're not putting themselves really um, in the way the Quincy Institute would say they should be doing. Putting themselves really fully into the um, into the Russian shoes. So my own view is that the Americans have misunderstood the Ukrainian situation. Going back again to the point that we made a few weeks ago, when we were looking at the onset of the Ukrainian crisis. For me, the problem begins in 1991. With the breakup of the old Soviet Union, the collapse of the Soviet Empire in Eastern Europe, and the quid pro quo that um, Mikhail Gorbachev said the Soviet Union would pull out of East Germany, but that NATO shouldn 't uh, move any further to the east than what it was currently doing and uh, the Americans under George Bush senior honored that agreement but uh, was that agreement was violated by President Clinton, and a host of other American presidents since then. And so the Russians are simply saying, well, look, remember the agreement that we went into in 1991? And also, of course, you've got some people, particularly the Germans, who are saying, well, look, um, NATO is going too far east. We are a North Atlantic treaty organization. Uh, Kiev is nowhere near the North Atlantic. (laughs) It's the the eastern part of Central Europe. Um, And so... You've, you've got the Germans who are expressing reservations this week about what's what's happening, and yet you've got other countries that are just ramping it up, and, and I'm very worried because I'm not sure that anybody really wants to have a war in Eastern Europe at the moment. And it's a bad time of the year for a war, as I keep saying. You don't start wars in winter. Um, you only start them or tend to start them in spring or the summer when the ground is dry and hard and you can move your artillery and and, and tanks around uh, without risking them getting lost in snowdrifts, et cetera. So it's a bad time for uh, this confrontation to take place.
1: So is America's response a serious diplomatic path forward? I mean, the US Secretary of State has said this week the ball is now in Russia's court. Where does it go from here? Well,
0: I think that it's a, a serious error on the part of the Americans that um, – Inability to put themselves into the Russian shoes. They should not have given any hint to Ukraine that Ukraine would be welcome as a member of NATO. It's the Americans that have created this problem.
1: And that's a key sticking point for Russia, isn't it? It
0: absolutely. This is, this is what it's all about. The Russians have this paranoid fear of an invasion from the West. Um Napoleon and, of course, Hitler did that, um, and they both failed, by the way. They were, they were wiped out by Russia's winter, general winter, as it's called. Um, and so the Russians are very worried about this. And what I find intriguing is that the, the Western countries just are not, as this article said, really trying to get inside the mindset of the Russians and to realise that the Russians just feel too sensitive about Ukraine. Perhaps Ukraine could join the European Union. Uh, you can be in the European Union and not in NATO. You can be in NATO and not the European Union. Like Britain at the moment is a member of NATO, uh, but it's not a member of the European Union. The two do not run together. So Ukraine could eventually become a member of the European Union as a number of other former so- Soviet territories have done so, uh, like Hungary. So I'm, I'm just very worried about the way that we're sliding into this risk of a potential conflict.
1: You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. I'm Sasha Tanik, and Keith, today we're talking about whether the US needs more strategic empathy in its approach to Russia. Now, US President Biden has said last year that he wanted thoughtful dialogue and, quote, a stable and predictable relationship. And he even reiterated the pledge that Reagan and Gorbachev made three decades ago, saying a nuclear war cannot be won and should never be fought. But are they doing enough? And as this article suggests, does the US need to look at how relations got to this point in the first place to really understand where Russia's coming from?
0: Exactly. And I think that there is a a missing sense of history on the part of the United States, you've got obviously different strands of thinking within the United States. So you've got, on the one hand, uh, people who want to avoid a conflict with Russia because they've said, look, Russia's yesterday's enemy. The problem today is China. We should be clearing the decks for China, not going back over an old Cold War issue. So you've got some uh, within the US government and the deep state who are saying, look, Russia's not our problem, China is And you've got others who are saying, well, look, we've got all these lovely new weapons. Let's try them out and let's have a war with Russia, see how it goes. We can test the weaponry. It's a very worrying situation, but President Eisenhower warned us about this military-industrial complex. And you do have people in the Biden administration who are hawks when it comes to having a war with Putin. So they're just spoiling for a fight.
1: And when it comes to putting itself in Russia's shoes, does America need to do more like that, and as this article suggests, think how the U.S. might react if, for example, Russia or China started building military bases in Mexico. I mean, that's a good example.
0: It's a very good example, and it's a very good piece in this article about that. Uh, that is exactly the issue that the um, how would the as they say in the article how would a U.S. leader react if China and or Russia were to start building military bases in Mexico, or you know the risks that we've had with Cuba, for example. Now, that just adds to trying to educate the Americans to look at the world from a non-American point of view and realise that other people are not that sucked in with uh, the American point of view. There is, I think, an even broader issue here, which is that um, just over, what are we now, 30 years ago, we had um, a remarkable book written by a person who later resigned from the State Department Um, talking about the end of history, and he was able to say, this is Francis Fukuyama, look, we Americans have won the world. This is the end of history. Things will still go on, but the liberal democracy that you associate particularly with the United States, that's the peak of history. It's not going to get any better than what we've got now in the United States and perhaps Western Europe. So there's that element of arrogance, and, and which also bred complacency. So the Americans were then... Uh, surprised by the extent of the anti-American feeling within the Islamic world. They've spent 20 years bogged down in fruitless struggles against them. Um, And America has got to realise that we're in a different world now. It's not back to where we were with this notion that somehow America has uh, sort of triumphed and it is the end of history. Um, The problem is that history keeps moving (laughs) and America... um, is an embattled country. Um, Empires die through suicide rather than murder. In other words, they make their own mistakes and bring their own empires down. And that may well be the problem for America at the moment. That that is, their arrogance is getting them to um, extend themselves, for example, the way in which they thought they were going to be welcomed as liberators in Afghanistan and Iraq. And clearly, both those campaigns failed. Um, So the worry that we've got is that there is a lack of empathy and, well, to use the new jargon, now strategic empathy, lack of strategic empathy amongst the, the decision makers in the United States. And so we can accidentally find ourselves slipping into a war with Russia. And that is what worries me at the moment.
1: So let's talk more about this concept of strategic empathy in terms of what is it and how does it lend itself to diplomatic relations? Are there any countries that are doing it well that the US could learn from? For, or is this a, a new concept? That,
0: <laughs> I think it's a largely a, new, a approach. new concept. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's what um, family counsellors would have been teaching in the United States many and elsewhere, you know, trying to look at the, the dispute from the other person's point of view. Uh, probably what we try to educate our children to understand.
1: And from that perspective, it is surprising perhaps that it hasn't been thought of in this (laughs) way before. And it just
0: reflects the arrogance of governments that they know best. They know how to operate um, in the international environment. Plus, as I say, there is this element of hubris that clearly, deep down, everybody wants to be an American. Therefore, you get involved in other people's affairs and they will be welcomed. The Americans will be welcomed. And you're up against Russia that has um, a long history, not quite as long as the Chinese one, but a long history of, uh, of their own type of civilization. We may not particularly like it or the work of the Orthodox Church, but they have a very clear sense of national identity. And under Putin, the country has um, undergone an economic revival. Mind you, there are a lot of ordinary Russians who haven't benefited much from it, but he's sitting on a lot of foreign exchange reserves. He's up there with China in terms of foreign reserves. So Putin is um, really admired by many Russians for the way that he's been able to rebuild the country away from the chaos of the 1990s. And um, and the Americans just have to try to get into the mindset of this. That's why it's interesting. You know, the article makes reference to George Kennan, uh, who, who died a few years back now. But George Kennan was the architect of the American Cold War policy of containment. So George Kennan was a Russian expert. He understood Russian history. And he said um, at the time in the 1940s, look, let's avoid having a war with Russia. Let's just contain the Soviet Union and hope for a change of power and a collapse of the system. And that's what, of course, took place in 1991. Kennan was still an old man, but was still alive for the collapse of the of the old Soviet Union. So you do get diplomats of the George Kennan variety who are across an issue like empathy. But unfortunately, you've got many other young diplomats who are so gung-ho and who are saying, look, let's just get the war over and done with.
1: This article also accuses America of magical thinking. What exactly is meant by that?
0: Yeah, so the the phrase is that um, magical thinking is somehow that they, the Americans if they were to have a confrontation with the, uh, the Russians, suddenly the Russians would see it from the American point of view. That's magical thinking.
1: it's ironic because they're I... being asked to do exactly the opposite exactly, of that. Exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly it. So that was, that's why they've coined that expression, magical thinking, um, which, as, as I say, has brought us to the brink of the first time that we've had a, a major collision like this, really, since 1945 certainly with the ending of the Cold War. Even during the Cold War years, we avoided this sort of head-on collision. And Reagan and Gorbachev, to their credit, as you've already said, a nuclear war cannot be won and should never be fought. And that has been reaffirmed by the Americans and the Russians. And what we now need is for the Americans to do more to get inside the mind of the Russians.
1: And I mean, this week, we've as we've mentioned, the US has responded in writing to Moscow's demands and says it's open to dialogue. So they're speaking as if they are being empathetic and want to hear from the Russians. But is that, in fact, the case?
0: I think they probably may be. I think because I I think they would have had so many warnings from people saying, look, we're we're at a risk of tripping over into war. And remember, you've got a hardline group within the United States saying, forget Russia. They're not the problem. China is the problem. We don't want to be in a situation where we have conflict with Russia over Ukraine and simultaneously The Chinese get up to mischief over Taiwan. So there are conflicting views within the Biden administration. So we mustn't assume that the Americans are all just going to blindly uh, slide into war, but that risk always remains.
1: Certainly a fascinating topic, strategic empathy. I'm sure we could all use it in many facets of our lives, but uh, let's hope that Russia and the US find a way forward in the weeks to come. Absolutely. That was this week's episode of Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter. Make sure you tune in next week when we'll break down one issue in global politics so that you can understand what's going on in the world right now and what's likely to happen in the future. Listener.